Alice in Wonderland podcast. This is a place for our listeners to open your mind, let your sense of wonder, imagination and curiosity loose. I'm your host, Georgia Alice, and today I'm joined by the most inspiring and beautiful guest, Fiza Kashif Khan. Now, Fiza is a professional migrant coach and a master coach practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming or NLP as it is known. She's a hypnotherapist as well as an access bar consciousness practitioner. So she has a lot of tools in her tool belt. And I'm really excited to have Fizza on the, uh, on the podcast today because I stumbled across Fizza on Facebook and I saw one of her posts and I was totally inspired by her journey. And I thought, I think the world needs to know about this inspiring, encouraging, courageous, brave woman that I have on the other end of this podcast. So uh, let's get curious. Welcome Fizza. Thank you so much. It's a great privilege for me, Georgia. And the way you introduced me, my God, I got tears. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. My pleasure. So as I was saying, I stumbled across you. I don't even know how I stumbled across you on, on Facebook. I don't know how you turned up in my feed or how that happened. But you have this amazing story that I'd love for our listeners to to hear because there are so many elements to your story that I think we've all had a part of and some of us not so much as well but part of us and some of our journeys in our life have been through similar things to you not everything you've been through though because I've 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 read your story and I see that there's a lot of things you've been through that you know I couldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine that for my my worst enemy so so can you take us back so you you are, for those who don't know, you are a, a, an immigrant, a migrant here to Australia? Uh, I came to Australia nine years ago as a, a spouse of international student. And it was not an easy journey because being international student, it's very hard. And as my, most of my qualifications are not recognized here, that's why I was struggling to get a job because my husband was a student. He... Uh, according to our visa condition, he can only work 20 hours. And just imagine being with a family, family of two and a half years old daughter and a wife, how difficult it is to have only work only for 20 hours and not having much in the pocket. So I, I born and brought up like a princess in a very, a uh, renowned family of Pakistan. My father was a businessman and I did not even think of having life what I had in Australia. <laughs> and I started, my, we started our journey uh, on uh, shared accommodation. And I was like, uh-oh, from leaving the lavish 
house, lifestyle, and a starting journey from scratch with living with unknown people on cheering where I have no privacy. My husband, my daughter, and I, we are, we sleep on only one small, it's not a double bed, it's, I think that's a smaller size of mattress. And we squeeze, and I, most of the time I cried and I was like, no, what, this is the mistake and why I come to Australia. And then, my goodness, it's, it's like a flashback movie now. <laughs> 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 then I was just like, no, everything happened for a reason. So we are here for a reason. And I just had a dinner. Uh, I had dinner with my husband and we celebrated family reunion because I met, uh, we met him after six months because he came six months before us. And from there, my real journey started because when I was in Pakistan, I was under my mom's feathers and under my uh, in my comfort zone. But it's very difficult when you jump out of your comfort zone. I was mentally, emotionally, physically prepared for everything. And I told my husband, don't worry. We will walk along with on this tough phase together. And I'm always be there for you. Don't worry. You just concentrate on your studies because this is important. If something happened, so I don't want to go back as a loser. And then he was just relaxed and I know it's hard. I know it's it was very hard in the beginning, but Alhamdulillah, thanks to almighty Allah, my God, that he helped us. And then uh, I would like to share one thing here because I would like to share my experience living on shared accommodation because nobody wants interference in their privacy. And when I start living with uh, that family, they, they, they don't have, they did not have kids and they are like my parents age and I respect them. I love them the way I love my parents and respect my parents. But because I was, they feel like I'm into, I was interfering in their privacy. They start having problem with me, no matter what, how much I care about them. They have problems. They had problem with me. And then we had another issue where to move. And then after a month, we moved to the dirtiest house I have ever seen in my life. So you moved to a house and this house was uh, a rental property where you yes. now had your own space. Yes. You weren't sharing anymore. No, 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 no. We went on, a, uh, that was also a shared accommodation. But right. the student boys used to live there. So, you know, when a student yeah. boys <laughs> live, what it looked like. And I was like, no. And I, I was crying and I said, no, nah, I just want to say goodbye to this family and at least... I will live here with them peacefully with my family because we need peace. Otherwise my husband would not be able to carry on his studies, whether he can, he, he just solve these problems or he look after or concentrate on his studies. 
then we start our journey again on the in that uh, unit it was not a house it was unit but thank goodness that those two uh, brothers were very nice with us and they were very helpful i cleaned the uh, whole unit and it was like a new <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine i've been into i've been into places that only men have lived in and not all men are messy we've got to yeah. get that clear but some of them, I think their mums did too much for them when they were yeah. younger and I don't know how to clean up after them. And just you can imagine, Georgia, the, the, I did not even do cleaning when I was in my country. I got a proper maid, full-time maid who look after everything. I only cook. That's it. I only do cooking. And she, she done the rest of the thing. And when I was doing that, I got tears and I was crying that, oh, goodness this is very tough. This is very tough, but I'm really thankful to my mom. She brought up it in, in that way where we know how to do cleaning, washing, everything. Although we have maids and drivers and every, or everything, but, but we sit like a princess at home and everything done by, for, for us by others. Mm. And what, a, what a huge contrast for you <laughs> in your in your life here moving from Pakistan so princess in Pakistan having <laughs> having people wait on you hand and foot and all of a sudden you're thrown into a foreign country now you speak English very well did you speak English before you came uh not really little bit because i i uh, get my education in english medium school where we are uh, only speak english but not much only in classes and the, out of the college and uni we speak in our native language yeah so you've got a different a different language you've got a new culture a new environment um and all these things going on that are completely outside of what you what you knew what was what was part of your life beforehand so whereabouts in australia did you land where were you living when you first arrived? Uh, sydney so my home <laughs> so you arrived into beautiful sydney we won't start a, a battle between melbourne and sydney because i'm in melbourne um, <laughs> <laughs> please don't come to double then you start for start of melbourne and sydney <laughs> no we, we won't do that but so so what were you, how were you filling your day? So you, you couldn't use your skills that you had in Pakistan. By the way, what were, what were you trained in before you came here? What, were, what was your education and your qualifications? Uh, I had done my uh, bachelor's in uh, arts and then I have done different courses that is equal to master's, but it's not a proper master's degree, but I got like one year uh, diploma course and six months uh, certificate course, and that's equivalent to master's. But unfortunately, my qualification is not recognized here. Yeah. But I did not give up. I, I had skills in my, these fingertips. So I was, I decided to step up because I promised myself that being in Australia, I am going to support my husband. And then I started my journey as a mobile beautician. So did I, you have any skills as a beautician before that? Yes, yes. I had done my proper professional beautician course in my country, which is not recognized here too, sorry to say. <laughs> <laughs> So you were, were you working before you came to Australia? Were you, uh, had you worked? 
yes but uh, i was a teacher and uh, uh before getting married i was uh teaching and that's all because mm -hmm. we were allowed to just go out of the house just only to school not to other other professional jobs we are only allowed to do uh, teaching and nothing else because mm -hmm. my father said no and i was like okay something is better than nothing just to mm -hmm. get exposure it's better so uh, here when i went to different schools and sharing my knowledge and my certificate they said i'm uh, so sorry your qualification is not recognized here as a proper teacher you need to do course and i said so i am uh, uh, on a student visa i am i am on spouse visa so i'm not eligible to do any course in australia at this stage otherwise i may need to pay 10000 dollar fee for do any of the professional course and they said sorry visa we can't help you at this stage georgia whenever i listen to this thing that sorry you are not permanent resident sorry you are on a student visa i feel like it's a great insult for me to mm -hmm. being a student here because we are spending thousands and thousands of dollars in giving in to pay to get education and they most of the people are treating me like a shit and it's and at one stage when people say hey you are on a student visa i thought that they are swearing i took it in a negative way that no it's a great insult for me mm -hmm. and then i uh, i was like no i am powerful and i have to prove themselves that how powerful i am and then i stood up i pack up my backpack i took my daughter's lunch and i take her uh, to and i uh, went to one of the recruitment officer in muslim women association that is in sydney and i i request her to design my resume according to australian requirement and she when she was start she started looking at my skills my different courses and she said oh my god you are overqualified for australia i said please it's a joke i am nothing that must have been that must have been so disheartening for you to think i've got i've done all this work i've got all of these qualifications yet i i i can't it feels like i can't do anything but it sounds like you became extremely resourceful because you said before you know i i had my hands i i i had something i could do yeah i had something that i could do and you started a mobile beautician business yeah so yeah. you did that so how, how did that go how how did you go with your mobile beautician business wow because you know uh we have 30 day of fasting that is called ramadan and i start my recruitment officer she said that i will i'm i can do a favor that i will design a, a flyer for you and i will print 300 copies for you please don't spend money because i know you are struggling with that and i will do that for you and she done everything for me and she said but the the you can do only one thing go to each and every shop and give these flyers because it's a month of ramadan then people are looking for uh henna tattoos for facials for waxing and i'm 100% sure you are going to get a good tremendous response and i did i did and be before coming to australia i 
did not take hijab i was not like i was totally hip hop very modern very uh, you know carefree person i changed my wardrobe after every 3 months changed my shoes changed my whole wardrobe my whole uh, like uh, you know uh, i go for my haircut and everything because i was like oh my god i am this i am that <laughs> so this is back home in pakistan you are you saying that you didn't wear your hijab back in pakistan yes and not so here as, as well when i came to australia i started hijab when i uh, stood up as a mobile beautician how i tell you that i went to one of the medical center because my daughter got, had a very bad fever and my husband said you better take her there because i i will not be home by 6 o'clock i went there i saw i greet a muslim women i saw one muslim sudani women there and she was in a full uh you know a uh, uh, gown and a full hijab having gloves and socks and i greet her and uh, she said she looked at me from top to bottom and she was like are you muslim and i was like oh my god because i was i did not even cover my head i was having trouser and a very tight uh, top and i was like you know my style <laughs> <laughs> you were being a rebel yeah <laughs> and she said sister are you really a muslim woman and i was like my god what is this i must have to own my identity because she got identity that's why whoever is coming in the, the to a, on the lady on reception she was like looking at me like uh oh and i said no fiza no this is not good this is not good it's time to live with authenticity no matter what because you have your own identity don't try to mingle with them by adopting their things because most of and seriously i met so many ladies they said no we love the way you dress up because you have your own identity we don't like people who dress up like us especially from your community and i was like thank god thank <laughs> god <laughs> and then so it, there's a lot there's a lot of it's really interesting for me listening to this because um you don't it sounds like you don't have to wear the hijab but you choose to yes yes you choose like, you to know, now here's something really interesting by you choosing to do that you're bringing a lot of um negative attention to yourself from people in our country who don't fully understand um your belief systems and don't believe uh, don't don't understand where you're coming from so you're now putting on something that becomes a target yeah. but you don't have to do that though no 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 but that's you know i listen to my heart at that time mm. because like in christianity too most of the people go to church most of the people follow that faith and most of they don't even want to uh, cross uh, or pass from the church same here 
Same here. Some people cover their face, uh, face and leaving their eyes open. Some people, they don't even uh, cover themselves properly, which they should have to, because showing your body is not allowed in our religion. But that's, that's totally different topic because I'm a, I have lots of stories. Sorry, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's extremely courageous when you're in a, a country like Australia and, you know, I have, I have seen it firsthand and I've seen it in the, in the news from time to time where, where people, where Muslims are, are segregated, they are, they are picked on, they are ignored and it's an extremely courageous thing for you to do. You, you arrived here without wearing the hijab. You arrived here without all that, but now you're wearing it. And it's almost, it's extremely like, you're not just, it's, it's not even a, I'm trying to work out. It's, it's such a courageous thing from what I'm seeing for you to do. It would be, your life would be so much easier if you just ripped it off. That, that what my, most of my friend told me that, Hey, take this off. You are capable of, of the best job. You are not getting the job because of this. I said, I don't care. I yeah. don't care. Yeah, because, that's amazing. because this is me and I have my own identity. And I said, okay, let's go for a walk with me. You will see the difference. And seriously, one of my friends, she was like, now she's so much jealous of me because she is in Australia for the last 20 years and she is still standing and sitting on the same place where she, when the day she arrived, and when she looked at me, she was like, what do you think of yourself? I said, nothing. Because I choose to be like this. And when we went on, when uh, we went to the park, the people, when we were on the street, everyone was greeting me and no one was greeting her. And everyone was saying, assalamu alaikum, sister. And no one was greeting her. Assalamu alaikum means peace be upon you. It's, a, it's our way of greeting. So, and when I, when we reached to the park and I told her, what's wrong? Why you are so quiet? And she said, nothing. And I said, now, did you notice what I was saying? So why should I take off my hijab? And if if God has written good and the best job for me, no one will take it from me, okay? No one will take that place. And same thing happened when, uh, as a mobile beautician, when I started, I just take my bag, catch, and just pushing that uh, heavy pram, it's not easy because most of the roads in Sydney is so rampy and steepy that I've, I get so tired. I need to start. I started eating double of what I used to eat because I need energy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of uh, my friend, she said that, okay, I want you to come to my place to do facial because you don't have a car. So it's easy that I will call all my friends here and can you please come or I will pick you. And I said, can you please pick me? I really appreciate it. And I will tell, catch the train uh, on the back home. 
And she said, okay, fine. And I really enjoyed cleaning and polishing people's faces, which I never ever done before in my <laughs> life, which I did not even like to touch anyone's face. And I was like, yeah, but yeah, I did it. Yeah. So I don't know, I, I want our listeners to really pay attention to everything you're saying here because, you know, you're in what you said, the land of opportunity, but you came from opportunity to come here and you found yourself in this place where you didn't have the richness that you had and the opulence that you were used to. And now you're having to really step up courageously and and bring out within you from within you something that you probably didn't know didn't know you had and you probably would never have discovered if you hadn't have moved here very true and i'm so blessed and i'm so grateful to my god that he gave me the chance because if if i live there i don't want people to know me by like oh this is xyz's daughter no, I have my own identity. I want to walk my, my journey by myself, not on my father's footstep. No, not at all. And when I talk to my uh, siblings, my, they are living uh, in my dad's house. I, we got a very big, like a castle. We got a house, very big and huge house that when we went there uh, after five years, my daughter said, mom, Nan is living in a castle. I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cute. So how long have you been here for? You've been here for? Na nearly nine years. Nearly nine, nine years. years and three months. <laughs> nine years and three months. Okay. So you're in Sydney. You're a beautician. You're, you're, you're now starting to establish yourself. You're earning some income. You're starting to tap into and discover your real self. You weren't in Sydney the whole time though, were you? You moved. No. No, so, no. so you had to move from Sydney to, where did you go to? Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> when my uh, husband was about to finish his studies, we come to know that it's not possible to get residency if we keep on living in Sydney because it's very overcrowded and it's get very difficult. So my husband, he was looking for someone to sponsor us because that was the only option we had. Otherwise, we need to pack up and go back. And then he found someone and he sponsored us and we need to move to Outback area. That <laughs> is Burke. B-O-U-R-K-E. So we call that the back of Burke, you know, that's yeah. like the middle of nowhere. Back of Burke, because yeah. otherwise we need to move back. And I said, I told my husband, no, we don't, we don't want to go back to our country as a loser. We are, are the warriors. We will fight and we will conquer. Okay. And he said, are you ready? I said, yes, I'm ready. So this is where this is where the journey sort of really begins because I can imagine you now that you've identified yourself and you've started to wear the the hijab again and you're arriving this in Burke. What was the reception like? Before going to Burke, I got a job in BP, you know, petrol station. 
BP yes. petrol station. And because I was, when I was in Sydney, I was looking for permanent source of income because my beautician stuff was temporary. And I got, I earned a good amount of money in two days. And when I, my husband was asking for help to, um, from those brothers that we are, we live with. And I said, no, please just wait how much you need. And when he said this much, I went to my room, I brought that envelope and I handed over to him. And he was like, from where you get this money, Fiza? <laughs> and that was around nearly $800 in two and a half days. But I worked so hard that I got my fingers, my fingertips and my, I got, uh, you know, that got swollen because of the pressure I use mm -hmm. because I am rec uh, reflexologist with doing with pressure points and everything. And then I got, thank goodness, I'd, I cook for other people. I, I was a party planner in Sydney. Then I got a job in... Uh, BP and when I was going for a job interview because I desperately need that job Georgia uh, I was a bit confused what if my hijab become barrier then how this is the biggest opportunity after after five months of a struggle that I got it what if and I started crying and I talked to my husband and my husband said, this is totally up to you. This is your choice. Okay. Whether you will take off your hijab or go for an interview or go with your own identity, you have two choices. And I said, okay, I got up, I had my hijab and I said, let's go. I went for the interview there. We had a group discussion and I was the most stupid, passionate person in the whole group that my HR person was standing behind me. I did not even notice that. <laughs> and as soon as we finished, she said, Fiza, can I have your passport, please? And I was like, and I start digging my bag. I did not find my passport. And I, I started crying. And she said, why are you crying? I said, sorry, I forgot my passport because I, I was getting late to catch the train. And she said, don't worry, fix me ASAP. And I said, I got the job. And she said, most probably, and I, I really, really give her a cuddle and she was laughing and she said, you are so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you got, so you ended up getting the job at BP and this is before you went to Burke. So. Yeah. And I start looking as soon as we got the, and, and when I was working there, I talked to my manager that can, you, can I get transfer because I got this visa can I get transferred to any of the BP in Burke? And he was like, where are you going? I said, Burke, Frieza, are you serious? <laughs> yes, we have to. And he said, Frieza, you are Muslim. You are taking hijab. Are you ready for that? I said, yes, I'm ready for everything. But I want to have a transfer near or even you transfer me on uh, in one hour if uh, to BP petrol station, that is one hour's drive away. I don't mind. I can drive. But unfortunately, there was no BP near to Burke and not in Coba, not in other different towns. 
so i ended up with on uh, with that job and mm-hmm. at at uh, when i started my work at bp as a csr and barista i become victim of bullying and harassment because of this mm-hmm. but i did not give up and even customers they did not want me to serve them not even want me to make their coffees and i was like what is this i'm not worthy i don't want to be here i better move and then i bring my daughter picture in front of me and i said now this is my biggest why why we need to fight why we need to face everything with courage this is our why and if i will give up what she will think what she will learn and then we move to burk before uh, moving to burk because my husband moved to burk before us and because i need to go to attend one of my uh, one of my uh, cousin's wedding in pakistan and my mom was calling me because it has been 5 years i did not even hug my mom and that was the first time when I, when i was like okay let's go let's go <laughs> <laughs> and when i went to pakistan my siblings my loved ones they were shocked to see me in this because they were not expecting that they guys they even shocked your family as well so. yes because they know the way i used to live the way i dress up the way i i i mean dress up means i was not inappropriate uh, i did not have a inappropriate dressing but my dressing was like people follow me <laughs> and one of my cousins here they they said no please take off your hijab and we want to have a photograph i said no if you don't like me in my hijab you better stay away from me i will not take it off and then they said ha huh, you got attitude i said whatever whatever i got the awareness not attitude yeah it's really interesting how we have uh, and I, i spoke about this on one of my previous podcasts with another guest we have this unconscious bias towards uh towards things even back in pakistan your family has an unconscious bias towards you wearing the the hijab right and it's like we've got unconscious bias with people that have tattoos we have unconscious bias to people who have um you know who look a certain way who wear certain uh traditional clothing and and it's just it's unfortunate that we we cloud cloud our judgment that way but we also put this big barrier between really understanding and connecting with some amazing other human beings out there right just these unconscious bias we we put these automatic judgments on people that don't serve us and it's yeah i just for me i find it really what's i find it ignorant it's people that are ignorant they haven't taken the time to become curious to be curious about so i'm just asking you questions i don't i didn't know that you're actually wearing that by choice you you don't actually have to wear that um so you know for me that was like wow you know you're that is really courageous especially in the culture where we are here where there is a lot more a lot of unconscious bias and you'd be the best person to explain that because you're the one you know wearing the hijab um and you are the one that's more than likely at the other end of what that's 
what what people see and what they what they how they then react to seeing that seeing that on you which is a real sign of ignorance and not knowing and lack of connection appreciation empathy there's so much missing from unfortunately from a lot of our culture um, because of that unconscious bias so i know talked was was burke was burke a really good experience what happened in burke work and good experience yes yes now i must say yes because but at the time no no <laughs> not at all it was like a nightmare when i came to australia after visiting my family when i back home my husband was on sydney airport and we had a overnight stay in one of the hotel because we need to catch flight for double and i was very happy that oh double okay and when we landed here he took his car and he said you want to eat something i said yes i'm very hungry and he bought something some for uh, fruits and um, uh, chips from uh, woolworth and then he started driving and i said where are we going he said burke what we are not living here this is not burke he said no this is not burke this is double <laughs> and as soon and when we left double it's come narrow mind and our car was driving towards double it's so deserted so no shops nothing only different shades of i was experiencing different shades of sand like soil like red brown black then red brown black i said what is this <laughs> and when we we reached negan that's two hours before na burg and i like okay let's go and he stopped the car in one of the front of the house and uh, that was his friend's house and i said oh i and i called my daughter because she was sleeping and i said nabila come on let's go out let's go we are uh, uh, this is our house it's so beautiful he said no this is not we need to drive 2 hours we need to go further and i said oh goodness so how long is the trip from dubbo to burke i don't even know how long it's, that is it's car. nearly 4 4 four hours 4 hours in the car okay and when we reached burke <laughs> it was it consists of only few streets and he was he said okay uh we need to buy the few stuff for, from uh, iga and uh, then we go home i said okay and when we reached there i saw indigenous children because of this my tough time started they came to my neka um uh, they came to me and start swearing and showing middle finger and i was like what why they are behaving like this and they started swearing i get down from the car and i said what's wrong and they literally asked me georgia who are you and i said i am human being i am like you and they said no and what is this and one of the child he came to me and he was trying to take off my hijab and i said hey stop 
don't dare to touch me. He said, but why you are taking this? I said, please go away. I will tell you later on, not today. Are you new to this town? I said, yes. Are you going so to live your, here? This is, your first, this is your first encounter in Burke? Yes. Okay. And I started crying when they left. And my husband said, why are you crying? I said, they were showing me middle finger. And they were swearing. And they were asking me who I am. And he said, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Everything will be okay. And when I reached home, it was a beautiful home. Beautiful house. Wow. And that I called home sweet home. But same day, same night, the, uh, the day I reached there, the very first night in that house, I feel like someone threw something on my window. It was like bang. And I said, what is this? And my husband said, nothing. Because I was so tired, I took a shower and went to bed. Very next day, next morning, I saw a few indigenous kid in front, kids in front of my house and they were swearing, they were pointing finger to something. I did not realize it where they are pointing finger and they were swearing. And I said, is this perk? Are they going, go, are they behave with us like this? And he said, nah, they don't know. You will be okay. And then we took our daughter to a school for admission and she got admission there. Even teachers and principal in that school, they were shocked to see me in hijab. And when I shake hand and I started speaking with them, they got surprised that, wow, she's speaking English too. <laughs> That's that unconscious bias coming out, not really knowing again. Okay. So yes. it's, it's, it's really interesting. So I, I'm just conscious that um, of where we're going on the journey and you've got nine years and we're not going to sit here and talk about your entire nine year journey. No, I'd not at all. <laughs> I'd love to. So, you know, we were speaking before we started the podcast and one of the things that you mentioned was that you had a really, you had a turning point in it was in Burke, wasn't it? You had yeah. a massive turning point with really getting clear on a, a little bit deeper into your own identity and, and your and your purpose and to really dig deep. Would you like to walk us through what happened leading up to that turning point and what happened through that turning point? Sure. Uh, so many things when my husband, my husband got a, job, uh, got a job as a customer service manager and on weekends he do security as well. So when he was working there, he also gone through so many problems. That's leads to frustration and depression. And whenever he came home, he started busting out his frustration on me. Just verbally? <laughs> Just verbally? Yes, thank Just goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really affecting my mental health, my physical health, my well-being. And I was like, no, this is not acceptable. And one day, something worst happened at his workplace. And that day he broke all his record. He was so abusive. 
so frustrated that he he did not even realize that what he was talking to what he was talking about and he started blaming me for all his failures you this you that you this you that and he swear he was very abusive and i was like oh goodness oh goodness this is what it is and how no this is not what i want i had enough and he when i i tried to avoid that situation to escalate to the worst mm -hmm. but he was so much frustrated that if i will not stop him maybe that day he will he kill me because he was that uh frustrated and he was in under so much stress because mm -hmm. that was we were not living in berg we are there for reason we have a purpose to get our residency because we don't want to go back to our country as a loser and that we should have to do that for two years or two or three years so that's why my relationship with my husband was getting worse day by day day by day and i try to cope up with that thing and i try to be very soft and very humble with him by accepting okay you are right you are right okay you are fine you will be fine please do don't do say that don't do this but one day that thing got totally worst and i don't want to take any help outside help otherwise it was a small town mm -hmm. and you know in it's more it everything is spread like a fire we were already in that much uh, uh, state of mind that we can't afford that people start pointing out fingers uh, uh, on us like see yes he is like that that's why he is having problem at home he is like that you know what i mean so yeah, they, they why, start to start to put you in a box as this is how muslims are this is why we don't want muslims absolutely. in the country because so it's just painting, making the picture worse without understanding that what he's going through, like I can imagine your, because your husband originally wanted to go back home after he finished his studies and you said, no, let's stay here. Let's make something of ourselves, then go home. And in the back of his mind, I can imagine him in Bert going, I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like where I'm living. We could just have gone back home. Fizza, it's you. You wanted to stay. You made us stay here for three. So it would have been like that, right? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and so that's, that's a natural sort of thing for somebody to be thinking when they're under stress. So you're, I, I can totally understand where you'd be coming from if you were to go and seek help because, because of the unconscious bias towards Muslims, they're just going to all of a sudden put it in a box of, well, we're, our beliefs about Muslims are right. They're a violent, uh, violent bunch of people and they're, they do all these things that are terrible. And I think even, um, we will even use the word terrorist, you know, that comes into it sometimes as well. Oh, so. yes. They, I, I came across this word very often and they use, like, whenever they see me and they were like, oh, terrorist, oh, terrorist. I said, stop it. Stop it. Don't judge me with my appearance. Talk mm. to me. Talk to me. Yeah. And anyway. unfortunately, people, people don't do that. So you've got this, you're at this time now and it's your husband's got hit, hit rock bottom and he's come home. He's got a lot of anger, a lot of resentment. 
a lot of emotion there and it's not a good night, right? No. So tell us, tell us what unfolds. No. And next morning, he was home. I was just doing my stuff, like cleaning, washing, whatnot. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. He started fighting again and blaming me again. And I was like, stop, stop. I stood up like a like courageous woman and I was like, stop, enough is enough. But being a man, he did not even tolerate that. And he hold my hand and he said, who the hell you are to tell me enough is enough. Just sit with me here and listen to me. And I started crying because he was so loud, so loud. Just imagine the women who brought up like a princess had this situation. <laughs> and I said, no. Nah. I had a very deep self-talk with my uh, self-talk. And I said, enough is enough. This is not the life that I want. I am here for purpose, okay? And I deserve the best of the best. Otherwise, I don't have a right to live. And I got a chance. In the evening, my husband said, and after that, I went to the uh, washing uh, lawn. Uh, I went to the laundry and I locked myself there because I was looking for escape. And he keep on knocking the door and he said, come out. Come out. I said, no, I'm very safe here. Please leave me alone. But he took advantage of my softness, my humbleness. And he said, are you coming or not? I said, and then I opened that lock and come out like a, you know, <laughs> what should I say? <laughs> <It's> scary cat. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was waiting for that moment. He said, can you go in? And I said, and he did not even say, said please to me. And he said, can you go and bring my prescription from my doctor? And I said, wow, wow, why not? I took the car, I, I uh, took that key and I went to the medical center, but it was already five o'clock. So that was closed and I got the chance. And I was thinking, Pisa, this is the best time to let go of yourself and have a peaceful life. And I decided to commit suicide, which is prohibited in my religion. But I was so helpless because I, I did not want any help. And I, if I call my mom, she start giving me lecture instead of being a good listener. She keep on uh, giving me suggestion, do this, do that, do this, do that, which I was not ready to listen. And I took my car, I was like on my, I went on the main highway, which was three or four streets away from our street. And I start driving on 140. Although I was driving, I was not driving, I was flying, seriously. And I, fortunately, I saw one road train. And I was like, this is the best time, Faiza, to say goodbye to yourself. And I was just about one centimeter away from that road train. I saw my dad 
and my granddad in front of my car. Because I was crying, I was crying like a child so loudly. Ah, that, ah, oh, I don't want to live. I want to die. Let me go. And, you know, like totally helpless, depressed person. And vision, I got a very blurry vision, but I saw my dad and my granddad in front of my car and they said, what are you going to do? What you are doing? Stop it. I seriously, I'm not joking. I listened that voice and it was, that voice is full of anger. And my granddad said, stop the car. You are here for reason. You are not going to do this. Stop at once. And I was like, no, I don't want to live like this. I'm here. I deserve the best. But he keep on blaming me for his failures. I'm not responsible for his failures. And my granddad and dad said, you are not responsible for anyone. You are responsible for yourself. You are here for reason. And you are here to empower other people because you call yourself light of hope and reason of a smile for humanity. You forgot your reason. You forgot your mission. And I was like, no, but I had enough. And they said, yes, we know that you had enough and enough is enough. Now it's time for you to step up, step Stand up for yourself like a Hercules and we are here for you. I don't know what happened to me. I took my car and just stop in the corner and I get down from that and I spread my arms like a wing, look at the sky and I said, enough is enough. Now God, you are there to look after me because of you. I know this suicide is prohibited because of you. I'm not committing that because I know you love me more than my mom. So please hold me tightly and let, and please support me in walking towards that path. And I want to live my life to serve people, serve humanity. Please give me strength, give me courage. And that was the turning point of my life. And, and it's, you know, it's a, to be in that moment, we don't realize that, but what a beautiful thing to have happen because, you know, I know from your biography that your, your father and your grandfather, they, they immigrated from India to Pakistan and they started from nothing to then build this amazing business that could allow you to be a princess. Uh, so although it's, you know, and it's really, it's, it's such a nice thing to have, to have them appear for you to, to shine the light on you. So you can see that, you know, if we can do it, you can do it. Yes. You have the ability to do that. And I love that. I love that your purpose is, and you're very clear on your purpose is to be a light of hope and a reason of smi to smile for all of humanity. And you know, we look at all, and I'm sure there's been other things and other hurdles you've got over, but if we look at your journey and where you've come, the mere fact that you have gone through all of, all of those 
those challenges and those obstacles as an immigrant here in Australia and you still have this amazing, infectious, beautiful smile. Now, people are going to listen to the podcast. Some will be able to view it on YouTube, but those that listening can't see your gorgeous smile and your beautiful face. Oh, dear. And Thank you so much. But it, it really is enlightening and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful smile that you have. So I'm going to, I'm going to start to finish up now because I think... I think that is that that's a beautiful story of hope and a beautiful story of understanding that you know life can deal and I'm going to use one of your words shit to us <laughs> <laughs> but you know we, there is that ability within all of us to to rise up and it does it does pass doesn't it it passes and you know for you being somebody who was ready to take your your life and look at where you are now you've moved through that and you're now this beacon and this light to so many other people and you're helping immigrant women uh you're you've got your your coat you do coaching as well you've got all these things that you that you can help people with which is amazing because of your journey and your strength and you know if i was looking for a coach i'd want someone just like you because you have actually lived the journey you have you you have it's not just you saying something you've read in a book it's you have learned from a journey of really um really being able to believe in yourself and 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 be your authentic self yes. whatever that is for yourself so as we finish up is there any final words that you would like to leave our listeners any anything that you think will inspire empower uh, some form of hope for anybody what what would you say from your life where you are now what's what's a lesson or something you'd like to impart on to our listeners when i start living with my true authenticity i started creating a history wherever i work and people love me they miss me and i still receive their text messages and how beautiful it is that I made, made them accept the way I am because this, we, my husband, my daughter and I, we started believing that treat everyone as you want to be treated. And I helped so many people in Burke to transform, in transforming their life. I had invitation from high school to be the guest chef, to share my cuisine, to share my secret recipe. And I, in the history of Burke, no one had done this. And they decorated that dining area with all my traditional stuff. I dress up in my pure traditional dress. And that was a proud moment. Seriously, have a good intention. Never, ever try to hurt anyone. Be yourself. Never give up. Mm. Then you will I, see the difference. I love the last one, never give up, because sometimes it's that point of when we think we're going to give up and that's where the turning point happens, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight uh, chatting with you. And I know we could have kept going probably with more, more, but if people want to, if people want to contact you, what's the best way they can reach out and contact you? Uh, at the moment, I'm working on my website, 
but they I I really welcome them all to connect with me through my Facebook profile uh, on Facebook because this is the best communication source Absolutely. of communication at this stage. And when I have my website and when I have my uh, business pages, I will let them all, uh, I will let you know. Yeah, beautiful. So you're currently based in Dubbo, aren't you? Yes. So that's that, that, that town that you first arrived and you said, why aren't we living here? You're now living there, which is fantastic. So if we've got any listeners here from Dubbo, um, make sure you, you look up uh, Fizza and uh, have a chat to her or reach out and see how she can potentially help mentor you if that's something you want. So if you're looking for her on Facebook, it's Fizza Kashif Khan. So F-I-Z-Z-A-K-A-S-H-I-K-H-A-N. So you can find her and I'll put a link in the uh, podcast notes as well. And, so, uh, and Georgia, so before we finish, I just want to add some uh, one very important thing. Please, whenever you are feeling depressed, having anxiety or going through loneliness, please, please, please don't think that you are alone. Don't think that you are alone. I'm here to help you because I was like you. Thank you, and that's beautiful. And here's something that I wanna to add to that, even though we think we're alone. So I'm getting a picture of you driving down the highway in Burke, thinking you're alone, and in front of you appears your grandfather and your father. They were with you. So even though we think we're physically alone, I think sometimes there's more around us that are there ready to step in and help if we ask, so. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Fizza. No and um, I, I look forward to watching your journey unfold further. Sure. And I will definitely, I started writing my book as well. So I will definitely share my book with you all. Definitely. Oh, I can't wait for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be the guest speaker there. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. My pleasure. Thank you for listening into that beautiful interview with Fizza. So Fizza gives us or gives me a lot of hope and inspiration and really makes me think about where have I not been courageous to step into my authentic self? Where have I tried to fit in so that I don't stand out, so that I don't don't attract things to me that I don't want. And it's just a beautiful story of courage. And I really do uh, recommend that you look her up on social media and follow her. I've been following her for only a few months now and her posts are inspiring. Her story is inspiring. Her smile is infectious. Uh, she's a beautiful woman who is absolutely going to or is helping women uh, just like herself to, to assimilate and to be their authentic self in a new country. And I think it's just a beautiful thing. She's one of, she's an angel cleverly disguised as a human being. So please uh, reach out to her. And if you're listening to this podcast and you've liked it, uh, leave a comment, leave a, leave a testimony, a review, a like, whatever, pot, whatever platform you're listening to, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, or if there's anybody you'd like us to interview, send their details our way. So thank you so much for joining us on the Alice in Wonderland podcast. It's such a delight bringing to you new and inspiring people, ordinary people doing extraordinary things on this planet that we share. So thank you and enjoy your day. Today is turning into
into the most curious adventure I've ever had.